1: And welcome to Swedes 2, Turnips 1. The football journalists at The Sun have seen it all. The rants, the sackings and the big money transfers. This is the podcast where they reflect on their time in the beautiful game and tell us the stories they couldn't print at the time. I'm Rashmin Chowdhury and joining me today we have The Sun's Head of Sports, Sean Custis, Chief Sports Reporter Martin Lipton and Chief Football Reporter Neil Ashton. Gentlemen, welcome to you all. I hope you're well. We start with a quick fire question to basically get things rolling, to just warm you up a little bit. Okay, today we're starting with your earliest football memory, Sean.
0: If it's a live moment and I know He's cropped up on this podcast before, but it's Michael McDonald again because I'm a Newcastle fan. <laughs> but it was when he he he'd, he'd signed True. when he'd signed he signed from Luton Town and Newcastle drew Luton Town. In the FA Cup, and this is probably one of the earliest matches I ever went to, and it was a big deal. And Malcolm's old mates were coming to play at St James's Park, but they're only Little Luton, and we're big Newcastle United. And so Malcolm, before he went round shaking hands with all the players, as if to say Hi, how are you, I'm Malcolm. Here I am now at the at the big at the big club. He's a big superstar, you know. He he'd arrived in a blaze of glory and all of that. And we lost 2-0. And I can still see the second goal going in. And uh, that was my earliest memory, really, of watching proper game from Newcastle United. And it's been misery ever since, pretty oh, lovely.
1: much. lovely. Lovely. Recurring nightmares about that scoreline. Martin.
2: Two from the same year, 1972. Crikey, a long time ago. We just got a colour television uh, ahead of the Olympics. And the first game I remember watching was the FA Cup final, Leeds versus Arsenal. Uh, Jeff Barnett bizarrely in goal because uh, Bob Wilson was injured and uh, Alan Clark header I think that's right Uh, and then a couple of months later the first game I remember going to which was Spurs 4 Stoke 3 I took my son to his first game which was also Spurs v Stoke 20, 30 odd years later Spurs 1 Stoke 2 not quite as good (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's really great that it was the same game
2: Delivered actually. Well, not, oh, was it, it? it wasn't delivered at the time, but it worked out to be yeah. not first, time, not when I was five, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's pretty special. Neil, do you know oh, what? I, th- I don't think this podcast is aimed at millennials, is it? Because I'm <laughs> <laughs> judging by the eras so far. Because I've got to go back to 1976 oh. and uh, Crystal Palace, a third division team in old money at the time, um, reached the FA Cup semi final under Malcolm Allison. He wore a fedora throughout that cup run. And uh, with his movie star looks, uh, which we of course we all we all want, the uh, the club bought into it, and they all started selling uh, red and blue fedoras, which you could buy from. I mean, it's not not a club shop in the conventional sense that we think of, like Manchester United's mega store these days. It was just you know kind of a table on the corner of the White Horse Road <laughs> uh, end, which was a huge end at the time. It's very much a lot much smaller now. But you know, our, our parents bought myself and my brother um, fedoras, and we wore those to the uh, Southampton game in the. F- FA Cup semi-final, the game before that at Chelsea, which Palace, Palace won um, very famously for, for Palace fans. So that's the, that's my first first sporting memory, um, going to the FA Cup semi-final in 1976. Have you still got the fedora? I do. You know what? I haven't, but I I do collect. I've got a bit of an anorak train spotter inside me so I collect match worn Crystal Palace shirts and I have to say I've got some absolute belters in there. I've got Jeff Thomas's shirt from the 1990 FA Cup final replay. The number 8 shirt he was captain that day or that evening
1: and um, I've got to tell you, Rashman, I wouldn't sell that shirt for a million pounds. Lovely. Mm. Love that. Okay, well this week we are talking iconic moments like a few that you just mentioned and those are sort of really the unforgettable games that stand out years after the event itself. Sean, I'm going to start with you again. What springs to mind when I say I Iconic
0: football moments. I hate that it's this.
1: <laughs> there are but so it, many.
0: But it is Sunderland winning the FA Cup oh. in 73. We were talking about earliest football memories, but this is this was just a moment in football <laughs> history which captured the North East imagination. Even people who were Newcastle fans, Sunderland were lower end of the second tier And football Leeds United were the greatest team going at the time, top of the league, Don Revy's side. They kicked a few people. They weren't they didn't have a reputation for playing the prettiest football. They used every trick in the book to win, but they were very, very successful. And there was no chance on earth that Sunderland were ever going to win this. I remember the build up throughout the week on local television I remember interviews with the players I remember our paper the Newcastle Evening Chronicle devoting all of its coverage to Sunderland being in the Cup Final Newcastle's biggest rivals Mm. a team that by then weren't even considered they're not a rival they're Mm. the lower end of the second division they were managed by a guy called Bob Stokoe who was a Newcastle United player and had captained Newcastle in the FA FA Cup Final victory so there's a sort of link Mm. there and even if you're quite young, you will probably have seen Pictures of Stoko at the end of the game running onto the pitch and hugging Jimmy Montgomery with his hat on. Neil would like that hat. got <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Maybe that's where
3: Malcolm got the idea from.
0: Not quite a fedora, and I cannot get it out of my head. No matter mm. how much I would how love it, it, I would love it to have been erased by Newcastle's three FA Cup final appearances since then. But we lost <laughs> them all, so I cannot erase it. There is not a cup we can hold up yeah. to say, "Look, we got we one since yeah. since that we didn't."
1: Magic of
0: the Cup. I still think it is the greatest FA Cup final occasion moment in the
2: history of that competition. Yeah. You only saw four games live a season. Yeah, absolutely. So every match every second of yeah. Cup Final day mattered. Yeah. Because it, you'd get up for Cup Final breakfast. Yeah. You'd watch Cup Final. It's a knockout. You'd choose whether you were ITV or BBC, and you stuck with that basically all the way through until the final whistle. And it was a huge day for most people, football fans, because you didn't see very much. It's too early for deal. Well, I wasn't born. <laughs> there
3: you go. Well, you, that's, that's, you remembered yeah. all about
0: 1976 no, 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 and Crystal well, Palace. No,
3: no, I, was, I was born the following. So, Sunderland when the FA Cup was May '73. I was born. I was born the following month. And you still oh, remember sorry, Crystal Palace yeah. in the FA Cup semi-final in '76? Well, I, don't that's mem- that's I don't remember good. much about the game. I just, just right. remember the, the <laughs> fedor, <laughs> having the fedoras. Yeah, yeah, being taken along to the <laughs> game. Yeah.
1: Other occasions uh, several years later.
3: Maradona handball right, yep. being one of them. Maradona handball, you remember for all
0: sorts of reasons, oh. uh, and you also well, you remember it because you also remember his amazing second goal as well. But yeah. just the. The feeling that you've been cheated, yeah. the it's the greeny meant, images, which is so football in a foreign land. The, the Peter Shilton's incredulity. Maradona didn't even look shameless mm. as he ran away. Um, the the, the, the <laughs> oh, yeah. way they're going back, think we think it's a handball because I, I, I've got to say that the first time you saw it, you didn't, no. you you couldn't yeah. tell, and the pictures aren't. 8 HD clear (laughs) like you get today they're quite grainy and when you see the slow motion the hand the way that his hand is up and the way he did it and the way he ran away as if butter wouldn't melt in his mouth Mm. Um, but the fact he compounded the whole thing with the most amazing second goal you'll ask some England players who will still greatly admire that second goal and some who won't even hear you talk about mm. it, because Bushes, uh, because of the is still mean, yeah. still absolutely. about it. You, you, but I mean, <laughs> st- Steve Hodges' proudest possession is Maradona's shirt from that game. He wouldn't he wouldn't sell that for a million <laughs> pounds, <laughs> I would think. he?
3: I mean, I've, he, asked, I've asked him. I've asked he won't sell it. No. What, what did you try? Did you try and I mean, guess what? A million pounds and a penny. People still take the
0: Mickey out of Peter Reed that he couldn't catch Maradona on the on the second goal, and he laughs yeah. about that.
1: I imagine if VAR had existed then. Speaking of Maradona, I think your pick, Neil, is slightly different. Am I right? It's the warm-up actually for Napoli. It's the
3: 1989 UEFA Cup semi-final against uh, Bayern Munich in uh, in Naples, and if you look it up on YouTube, it's accompanied to. Uh, life is life. Martin will know who who. And they sang, still play that.
1: that at the stadium. Yeah. When I went to a Napoli game know? last know? season, they play that.
3: They do. Yeah, and pretty much. He's ready. He's focused, but he's just he's just so relaxed in this warm up, and he does his own thing mm. as well. So the rest of the Napoli players are warming up. They're being taken by a trainer through whatever routine. But Maradona just does his own thing. He's wearing his Puma boots he's got his laces undone mm-hmm. he's got his uh, napoli jacket which has got the mars they were sponsored by mars at the time just shows a guy who's just in total control of um, of the ball loves loves the ball needs the ball at his feet and it just I watch that video from time to time, and I need to fall. In, actually, when I need to fall in love with the game again, mm. um, that's one of the moments that, um, that I'll look up on YouTube because it's just there's something prosaic. It's mm. it's almost very poetic pure, to, isn't it? Very 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 pure. Though the look on his face mm. suggests something very very different, actually. But um, yeah, look, he's, he's the guy owned Napoli at the time. He he won Serie A in '87 single-handedly. He did it again in '90 before um, he went back to that stadium in the 1990 World Cup um, with Argentina and, and uh, it was it all got very very volatile but yeah it's a, it's an amazing if you if you want to look at just pu- yeah the purity mm. of uh, professional football as someone who's in love with the game in love with his sport and someone who's mastered the football then yeah watch that warm-up on YouTube Maradona's Maradona yeah. Napoli against Bayern yeah, Munich yeah, 89. No.
2: He, he, it, he's still a, well a character who who captivates isn't he Maradona I remember a few years later than that mid 90s he did a, a talk at the Oxford Union. And I was sent to cover it for press association and thought, he doesn't speak much English, this mm. could be interesting. And it basically ended up with an hour of him him saying things in Spanish, translated by Aussie Ardiles, which didn't exactly help <laughs> <laughs> enormously. <laughs> and he worked, he worked out, you know, the best thing to do was just juggle golf balls, which is what he did. And he juggled a golf ball with his foot. It was just astonishing yeah, I think, on I the think stage.
0: It was in the... I think we were probably all there. The World Cup oh, in, in 2010. In, uh, no, it wasn't in Cape Town. It was or Pretoria, Pretoria or yeah. I think it was. And he spent ages out on the training ground kicking conversions rugby conversions from <laughs> from way out and trying to perfect it. And just, it was getting dark. Yeah. Just yeah. went on for hours. I mean, and then when we turn up at press conferences, because he doesn't like the English press, of course, he would be railing against all our questions yeah. and why do you ask, me? you know, because we, years on, what would it be, eight, six, nine, uh, 20, <laughs> 24 years on, we still want to ask him about Have the handball. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> apologised? <laughs> Have you Well, not the, <laughs> Not the English press again. I, 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 we anyone. would still, any yeah. opportunity we got to see him, uh. we'd still ask him, you know, have you made, Have you talked to uh, Peter Shilton in the last <laughs> few years or anything? He absolutely hated us <laughs> turning up. The Argentinians are, like,
1: I mean, it's insignificant to them, isn't it?
0: well it's allowed if you yeah. get away with it it's allowed yeah. as far as Community. they were concerned
3: whose testimonial was it he played in he played in the rest of the world game at Wembley didn't he he did against, yeah. the, football, against the football league in about 87 so we've been asking him <laughs> since 1987 <laughs> about, about 87. Yeah. and he still gives, same, still gives the same answer he does with two fingers <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> accompanied by two fingers interesting because uh, my earliest footballing memory going back to the uh, quick fire question was actually work up 90 that's when I first started watching football and it was David Platt's volley against mm. Belgium that changed my life. The moment that changed my mm. life when I suddenly became a football fan. And um changed
2: Platty's life as
0: well.
1: I think it changed his as well, didn't it well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very literally. And then of course, then you get World Up ninety and Gaza and the tears and I just remember crying with him.
0: You just, cried with him? Yes. I was I was
1: crying my eyes out.
0: I, I was really <laughs> upset for him because I had seen him Grow up as being from the Northeast and seen him develop yeah, as a course. player. He got into that squad off the back of a really good, it was a 4 2 against kind of, Czech, the yeah. Czechs. He played brilliantly. He'd alerted the rest of the country again to the fact that, you know, he could play football, even though we knew he, we always knew he could no, anyway. He we Spurs. everyone he knows that. Play, he <laughs> and, we, and he went into that World Cup on a real high, infectious enthusiasm, somebody we thought. He is fun, a genuine um, genuine game changer, the bit that England need to make a transition from being not quite run-of-the-mill because they were a good side to possible World Cup mm-hmm. winners. And for him to be booked, to know he would miss the final had we got there, of course we didn't, was just, I mean, I, it was a crushing moment mm. in football for him, I think for everybody in the country. Yeah. At that time, I'm not saying it's always the case now, everybody was in love with Paul Gascoigne. Everybody yeah.
3: thought I he was just the little, greatest got to say, I wasn't. Were you not?
0: Well, everybody bar Neil Ashton <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, look,
1: And the reason Why, I'm why, Neil?
3: Because don't cross me, is all I'll I say. <laughs> and Gaza, Gaza crossed me in oh. 1987 oh. because this little upstart uh, wound up from, it took a long run up from about, sort of from the halfway line about thirty five the ball was placed about thirty five yards out. Gascon was on the halfway line at St James's Park and his Newcastle strip and scored Um so yeah I So why do why do you out the cup and, yeah, and no, right. for goodness sake this is nineteen ninety no, no, years on no, no, he's but playing, but for, playing for England. You know, three years on, I, I hadn't forgiven him and uh, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, it must still hurt. This is, a guy, yeah. this is a guy who had announced himself. I'm, I'm going yeah. to be the best player in the world. Which he, had he been able to control himself emotionally yeah. and discipline himself, he actually would have been the best player in yeah. the world. I don't That's think many true. people would argue with that. Mm. He would have been the obvious successor to, you know, Maradona's World Cup was 86. Mm. He got his team to the final in 90. Somehow he got a very mm. ordinary Argentina team to the World Cup final in 90. But Gascoigne was the obvious successor at that moment in time.
2: It's interesting because... 12 years later, I don't know where you were there, but I was in Seoul, Germany versus Korea. Mm. Michael Ballack gets booked. He's going to miss the final. What does he do? He scores the winner. Mm. He goes on and scores the
0: winning goal. I mean, I know there's a Line- Lineker sort of suggesting his head has gone yeah, and you yes. better yeah. get
2: him off, but actually he still played quite well and we were, sti- we were still so close. As, and <laughs> do you th- I said, we never know. It's one of those mm. what if. Would it have been worse for Gascoigne yeah, I know. If we'd won the World Cup without him without playing him. in the final, in the way that Jimmy Greaves traces much of his, mm. you know, issues to not playing in 66. It was an issue yeah. for, you know, he couldn't yeah, get it yeah. out
3: of his head. Well, i felt sorry for the person who had to replace him because the, what were the alternatives? I mean, All imagine the attention up. now on the poor guy who would have to replace Paul yeah. Gascoigne yeah, yeah. in England. It was, just, it was just, he
1: was a one-off. It's yeah. a good thing that England didn't
0: get to the final. I think gone. that's a, a fair question. And, you know, he gets the bad injury in the FA Cup game against, against Forrest, self-inflicted. He's never the same player again. And yet that's what makes what happened in Euro 96. And the fact Mm. he scores a great goal against Scotland. Uh, We've had all the dentist chair incident in Hong Kong (laughs) where they've all gone out, got drunk, pictured swilling the uh, the drinks back. Uh, We're we're calling them all a disgrace. And then Gaza does that, scores that goal against Scotland, almost saying, I'm back. Mm. Look, don't forget me. He wasn't really. It was a. It was, yeah, it was it was moment. it was a yeah. but it was a moment that i mean <laughs> his career if you think about his career you think 1990 and that goal yeah. are really the two things you think about and it was a remarkable and fog
1: on the time i'm joking
0: <laughs> it, was well, home, uh, <laughs> eh? it was a remarkable
1: constant
2: player i'm sure
0: it was a remarkable thing for him to score that goal Still, it, not
2: played so. it's not <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway that was his his moment that that goal against Scotland was a brilliant moment an iconic moment but sadly reminded us of how great a player he was mm. and had there'd been too many fle- very fleeting moments of it since and it was followed
2: you know within a couple of weeks by that sort of achingly painful of him just not quite getting to the, the cross shot from from yeah. against Germany, where in, you know in another in another time he'd have, he might have would have got it. there yeah. he'd have scored. That's it, golden goal, England go through. Yeah, he was. I mean, Venables got the most out of him he could. And remember, within two years he'd been dumped by Glenn Hodle. So within two years of that, Glenn Hoddle was saying the hardest decision was leaving out Dion Dublin, not leaving out Paul Gascoigne. You know, the decline and fall. Yeah, and yeah. yet he was that picture of his joy in in Rome when we got the 0-0 draw mm. to qualify. Mm. You know, be, he was still a he was. We invested so much hope in Gascoigne yes. for so long. Yeah. He was going to be the one. And to be fair, we do that all the time. There's always a player we put it on. as a as
0: But a it nation. was fair to invest oh, lots yeah, of hope absolutely. in Gascoigne, wasn't it? Because well, Martin,
3: you just mentioned. I mean, that at, um, Gascoigne moment in the uh, in the semi final against Germany in '96. Mm. So we all we all remember that, and you can. Mm. Yeah, that's the sort of thing you can instantly pull up on on YouTube, and there'll be endless comment about it. But it's not endless comment about 2018 World Cup semi-final when Harry Kane has the chance <laughs> and should pass yeah. to Raheem Sterling. Why doesn't? Why doesn't? Mm. Why doesn't that moment? Why aren't we? Why aren't we talking about that? But that's raw. That's still mm. only. That's only. That's just over a year. Yeah. Year. Away. Yeah. And everybody a knows point, yeah. Harry. Just give it to Raheem. He's going to. He, he's in a better position than you to score against Croatia. He, and he doesn't yeah. because he's because he's selfish and he wants the glory himself. Um, but we don't or talk because, about
2: that. Oh, because. Vaheem has missed a couple of sitters in the tournament up to that point, and wasn't you know maybe it was part of that. But there was a lack.
0: Is it because we were so invested in the emotion of Gascoigne, and you almost—it's a cliche—but you almost kicked every ball with Mm. him. You you felt Mm. every emotion. He he, played like he was. He played like he was a fan on the pitch. So as he missed that, he knew how everybody was Mm. feeling in the stands. I'm not I'm not saying Kane doesn't, but Kane's got a more clinical view of life not clinical at that point i agree but lived
3: his lived his life the way that most british lads (laughs) lived their life didn't he you know, he went out and he had a few beers and then he played the game, game of football the next day. Mm. And that's how we sort of, that's how sort of traditional lads in this country have a few beers on a Saturday night, go and play for their pub team on a Sunday mm. morning, score a hat-trick. And we sort of, I think we saw a little bit of that in Gascoigne, obviously, in terms of his ability. Yeah, of course, different, in a different world away from us. But he lived, he lived his life like a normal British lad mm. going out to the pub.
1: It's an interesting point you made. because An
3: unprofessional professional.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but as you say, I mean those. When you talk iconic moments, it always inevitably is uh, from incidents in the past, as opposed to something in the last year, which you're right. No, but I I think Neil makes a good point because I I
0: think we were talking about Gaza not getting to that ball instantly for the next year, two years. Whereas as Neil makes the point, no one even he brings that that Harry Kane thing up there, and I go, Oh yeah, that's right.
3: well, I, I don't even remember. I, I couldn't even tell you, Sean, if I wrote about it at so the time. Probably head down, live, mm. live yeah. match night, World Cup
1: semi-final. But I, I, so I can't remember. Um, whether because he I also hits the post, doesn't he, in the
2: follow-up. So
3: I'm saying he's all about... of
1: that. I can see Harry Kane just on the screen up there <laughs> as we're recording this podcast. But Or well, maybe it's because, uh, as you say with Gaza, that we relate to him so much as a person because of the yeah. emotions that he put out there that we instantly think about those sorts of characters more than we do about the slightly more clinical in the other mm-hmm.
2: sense. You, you, look, we H- watch Hurricane. Harry Kane and we think he'll score in mm. chances and he's, a, you know, he's, a great, he's proven a great goal scorer. but we're not personally invested in him in the way that no. everyone felt mm. personally invested in, in yeah. Gaza. Because it, of, regardless of allegiance, it didn't apart matter where you Neil. came from. I, <laughs> out, from you, me, apart, me, apart from you know what? What? Neil, who's never <laughs> forgiven in that moment of
3: moment of bitterness. No, I, 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 I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever will. But, um, <laughs> we, but we are. You know what? We are invested in. Uh, we're getting that way with Raheem, though, aren't we? Yeah. In terms of yeah. the nation's uh, love and, and. But you would someone, never have said that 15 months ago. Someone turning around his career. Yeah. Look at look at Euro 2016. Yeah,
2: but in the World Cup, he was still getting grief from the punters. Well, you know, why is he in the team? He's not scoring goals. He Obviously, because yes. Harry doesn't pass to him. That's when. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's more matter. How many of you were at Germany One England? Five?
3: Oh yes, I was. Yeah, were all of you there? No, I, I missed a friend's wedding because of because of that night. I was due, right. I was due to go to his wedding reception. Yeah. Uh, so I was working at this. I should just context. I was working at the Sunday People at the time. I right. was a, a page layout sub sub editor. And uh, there was a sort of three line whip, obviously, everyone has to of be in course, that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we thought it would just be a normal match night, you know, Germany 2. Yeah, See you later, later yeah. at, uh, out the door at 10 o'clock. Miss Park. Penalty somewhere. One of my old school friends, so a very good friend of mine back in the day. Um, I thought, well, no, no problem. I'll, I'll be there about half 10. You know, yeah, if that's, yeah. if that's I'll right. just obviously roll Rolling for the after party. On. Yeah, so. Um, and then it turned into something very, very different. <laughs> so I didn't get to his reception. So it's, it's memorable. I'll always remember that night for that reason. Yeah. I didn't get to my friend's wedding reception. But of course, the the guys who were there um, a far more memorable night for very very different reasons I
0: think my my favourite greatest occasion moment of mm. being with England I can still remember where I was sitting in Munich's Olympic Stadium looking up at the screen which said Germany won England 5 I can see that screen clear clear as day and looking at it thinking God it I will never <laughs> be at a moment like yeah. this again I have only one match report at home which is on my wall and it's that it's that one oh, because i it's just the the incredible moment. I mean, they have the, the song, don't they? 5-1, even
3: Hesky scored. There's another one here, Match Report's <laughs> up on a wall, isn't there, at Arsenal, but they've it's with the Invincibles. Oh, I mean, when Arsenal yeah. went a season unbeaten in yeah. uh, 2004, and on the 38th game, Sean wrote the Match Report for the Sun. Right, song. and they that's his, in the... No, but they spelled his name wrong.
0: <laughs> it's down to <laughs> Sean Curtis, yeah. yeah. You've just probably pricked my moment. balloon there. <laughs> I think it's actually... How
3: it's, did that happen? I oh, no, it's, it's actually it's a H you, yeah, when, yeah, possibly the, the, Chris with Curtis, maybe the Christian maybe Christian Nunez, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> <Should> <laughs> anyway, we go wrong Curtis. It was. They it w- do it deliberately sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if you've annoyed them, or yeah, they do. Yeah, them. they do it deliberately. <laughs> really? It w- well, of he got changed how for
0: Satan's change right? how,
1: you you how could you
0: get the, the guy's name on? It does happen in newspapers sometimes. Dil- I don't yeah, know Andy that Dillan's it was that deliberate. Dillion. It. Dillion. I don't know if it's deliberate. <laughs> I'll have to remember to because do it to deliberate. you when yeah. you do
3: no, it. you do much deliberate. report. Well, no, like. you had me down as Paul. I, there was Neil Ashton with Paul Jiggins'. Um, picture. picture.
0: <laughs> okay. yeah, I wasn't offended. That he times. was. I, was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a It moment. Anybody who's there, you'll never forget it. Especially, remember all the build up. Remember actually that England weren't playing very well and were losing. And England
2: next to the beer hall. That was a big We, we had, story. Oh, yeah, staying they, next yeah, to the beer hall.
0: Staying next to a beer keller. We, we'd we absolutely ripped it out of them for the fact they were staying in the hotel above the beer keller in central Munich. You think it... You're not going to get any sleep. We'd, we'd also sort of take the mickey a bit about
2: the Germans because they had a striker Yanker called Karsten Janker getting... who scored yeah. and then missed a sitter to yeah. put them on an don't, easy don't, chance. Uh, Henry's mate, Mr. Sitter, did Diesler in the hole, Mr. Yeah. Sitter.
0: <laughs> it was, I, I mean, and then you get you get uh, a brilliant goal by Gerard, Owen Hattrick, and. You just on air. It was the moment as well where we decided that Sven Eriksson was the greatest manager
2: that been there been. had ever yeah.
0: been anywhere in the world, and anybody who had doubted him beforehand and didn't like the fact this fellow from Sweden had turned up, yeah. you're idiots, back of the class, you dunces, because this is Sven and he's going to deliver the World Cup for us. Of course he is. In 2002, because cool. remember we'd lost, yeah. we'd lost one nil at home to them at Wembley, it precipitated yeah. Keegan's departure, which I suppose would be another iconic moment.
2: In the toilet, but absolutely.
3: Here we are. <laughs> And it was just, this is English football. We're here, we're great, we're we're back, we're going to win everything. Talking of Sven, Sean, uh, 2006 is the first World Cup that I ever covered covered England exclusively mm. just just with the national team. And it sort of opened my, idea, my eyes and ideas for future World Cups because mm. the, the very first press conference when we got Sven in a, in a huddle and we'd been told that under no circumstances Sven would not say that England were going to win the World Cup. It doesn't matter how many times you <laughs> try um, to get him to say it, he's not going to say it. And I've never witnessed a guy ever in any situation for asked as many questions the same time yeah, in, the same in so way. many different ways <laughs> <Yeah>. before <laughs> finally after about why not? Ten minutes <laughs> after about How 10 minutes yeah, can, we, get can we win it are we going to uh, you know and he gave every plausible answer um as to the reasons why england were just there to do as well as they possibly could and circumstances and chance and luck and it has to go your full your way and he eventually eventually cracked and everyone said thanks Sven uh, see you tomorrow. Good luck in the next. Yeah, good luck in this <laughs> game. Everyone's back page headlines will And then I've, I, I'll, I'll be one of the only journalists in the room to feel sorry for him. And I, think Mart- I think Martin was there. So after the Portugal game, I, I felt sorry for him. I didn't. I, I, I thought the criticism after the Portugal game um, was, um, was uh, unfair uh, because England played for an hour with, with ten men. The lads would probably disagree with me. But we then forced Ericsson to give a sort of departing speech to the media in a tent in, in, the, in the press tent in hmm. Baden Baden. And given the criticism this guy had come under, it was relentless, day by day, hour by hour. Well, not quite hour by hour, because it's pre-Twitter, but certainly day by day. And every time a radio station or TV station spoke to anybody, it was always Sven doesn't know what he's doing. And then Martin gave a speech to say how brilliant was he wasn't it Martin he gave a speech to say how brilliantly he dealt with over us over the last with with you know over the last five years yeah. which I was I was actually incredulous because I was standing I think others had criticised this guy relentlessly but he dealt
2: we with us for five weeks. He dealt Martin
0: with is very very the man who uh, gives departing speeches <laughs> to managers he did it for Steve McLaren <laughs> as well and even yes, t- and t- t- told Steve how wonderful him. he was as well
2: the decency which they dealt with Steve You've been you've been wonderful. I didn't say that. We're sorry, no, no, to say no, you no. I didn't say that.
3: <laughs> he called Brian um, Anyway,
2: basically, a, we're saying goodbye. But um, you've shown decency with us and in difficult times. On at, mm. at, at occasion, we, we've we've been at times quite aggressive, but you've always handled it in a in a polite way and we appre- we've appreciated that that was basically the tone of it which
3: would have got in a sort of few newspapers but the fact is that david beckham had just announced his that he was renouncing the captaincy. Yeah. He was stood outside the door and everyone just like just get becks in because we want to yeah. from the great man <laughs>
0: absolutely and uh, beck i mean becks giving up the captaincy is an iconic moment uh. if i've told this one before forgive me but um we were waiting for beckham to do this we'd got the hint that he was going to pack in as captain and I thought oh, I've just got time to nip the toilet before I come back and hear the, the great man's <laughs> speech and as I walked back Beckham was standing there in a sort of anteroom you go the, the direction I got it there was only me and him and he was he was shaking he was physically shaking with this bit of paper in his hand and I went okay he went not really and he was shaking his hand uh, was shaking with the paper did he cry, in didn't he yeah he, too, yeah. yeah I mean people say I, I know people sort of think it's crocodile tears Mm. sometimes with Beckham, but I actually felt for him mm. at that moment this was the thing he never wanted to give up if there was anything yeah. in david beckham's world he would not want to give up the england captaincy it was everything it was the beckham brand it was yeah. it was the lot now you might say Child for cynical dreams, reasons everything. he wanted, mm. but he did love football and he did love being captain of england and to give that up was like the i i think one of the most, the hardest things of his entire career he didn't he really didn't want to do it but he knew he had to do it mm. uh, and i i, I did i was I almost feeling a bit of a softy there but i did i did um, i did feel for him a bit at that moment i must admit
1: the greece goal that was a an, there was an anniversary of the greece goal wasn't
0: it uh
2: 2001 mm-hmm. um, i wasn't actually at that game martin probably I was, yeah, was. I was i remember was I, really I, the next day i flew longer. to flew to Korea. To try and see the hotel, the two, the hotels they're going to be based at. I mean, that goal was one that got you off your seat. I was sports editor at the yeah, Daily Express at the time, and uh,
0: I was on my I,
1: knee. I was watching I, it at home, and just on my knee. Oh, thinking, it was just score, fantastic because yeah. we
3: we're so worried and
1: concerned.
0: Yeah. That had might not He'd had a lot of freaking, then. <laughs>
3: <hadn't we? laughs> Was it Teddy who said to him, "Are you sure about it?" Yeah. You yes, that's go? right. Yeah, and and, uh, and, and Beck said, no, "You're right. Yeah, I'll, it. I'll go top call on this one." Yeah.
2: it was absolutely perfect, wasn't it? You see it arcing still in your head, is it? Beautiful. Mate, and we, we were shocking that day. We were absolute yeah. mess. I mean, Nigel Martin was in goal, wasn't he? Because Seaman was injured and it was...
3: Don't say a bad word about...
2: He was, no, the... it was nothing, it was, they just say he's made some horrible mistakes against a really ordinary Greek oh, team. Yeah.
1: I mean, so many iconic moments with England. But tell me, Martin, about the 2005 Istanbul Champions League final. That must have, I mean, to watch it from far afield. There were
2: so many elements amazing to it. So
1: tell me about that <laughs> there's night. There's a lot of there.
2: elements about the, this. I mean, this is a long... <laughs> so, first exactly, of all, there's the, so much the, the, sta- the, gro- the ground is about 80 miles outside of Istanbul. It's forever to get there. The day before, it had been a, the, one of the great shallows medals press conferences. So Liverpool went up with couple of players. And Milan had Ancelotti Sayador from Maldini, who had won everything, umpty umpty time between them. was like, this is nothing. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna run away with this. And uh, you know, at half time they were gonna run away with it. Of course. So yeah. I remember bringing it and it fought Fino up absolutely married. And I rang the the desk, I was on the mirror at the time and said, um because normally you have to do what's called a, a runner, which is at like the first edition piece. And I said, don't worry about the runner. I'll send you the whole thing on 65, 70 minutes. You just have to tweak the score. Cause it,
1: <laughs> so on word.
2: 65, 70 minutes, I said, um, we might have to do a run because <laughs> it completely transformed. Yeah. So it, And it goes to penalties and Carragher goes to Dudek and tells him to do the spaghetti legs, which Liverpool fans will in 1984 in Rome, Grobler did this in the shootout. When it, so it was all of, all of this, history repeating, incredible comeback, remarkable game. And then Sean and I, we get back to the, the hotel, I reckon about three in the morning. We're up at five, get on a flight, and I'm doing all my rewrites, all my follow-ups, because we get to Heathrow and then have an hour stopover, a t- turnover, to fly to Chicago. So we land. We don't know where we are. The next <laughs> afternoon in Chicago, having been in Istanbul. It was for Freshman, they didn't have to do this, by the way, <laughs> can I just
3: explain this? It's for an can England, I, England. Can England. I tell you what, yeah, actually, tell what, actually, what happened. actually happened? There Go was on. a split here. So it was the Champions League final in Istanbul, but it was also England were also out in uh, America for a couple of games. Um, one of them, uh, Andy Johnson played, didn't he? Well, you would know. Yes, that's why I remember it. But the byline bandits decided that actually they would do both. So they would have one hour sleep. So they'd go and do the Champions League final. Um, they'd work themselves to the bone, and then they would fly Istanbul, London, have their one hour sop off, then fly yeah, over to Chicago okay. for this me- absolutely meaningless <laughs> But I have not missed an England game in reason, 10 years. The only reason you'd go to that is because the FA put on this, you probably got out there in time for this, the FA put on <laughs> yeah. splendid in this splendid barbecue... Tower. I knew it was a No, I knew new oh, we were there for New York. In New York, York yeah. in Central Park.
1: Yeah, yeah. When Sven, that.
3: When Sven chatted up one of our colleagues' wives, unbe- <laughs> unwittingly and unknowingly. No. He didn't know it was white. He didn't know. His, he pulled up a chair his, in fact to watch yeah, your dance yeah. <laughs> this very well turned out glamorous lady yeah. was actually one of our colleagues wives and he sort of after he'd made his pleasantries with Sean, myself uh, Martin and whoever else was in was Just in the gang, but his, eyes were, his yeah. eyes were very much elsewhere nice. he's, couldn't wa- he's one of those people couldn't wait to get away from you and now we know why because he <laughs> was within seconds <laughs> um, yeah, pulling up a chair and sat, in, sat next to be offended. well you're not married anymore so. <laughs> yeah. not, nothing to do with Sven either. Nothing <laughs> to do with Sven. No, no. no, oh no, God, no. That be <laughs> journalists involved. Like that should be reserved. Journalists involved. Actually, where's this? Where's
0: the story? It's much Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was. That was, a, a, it was a bit story. of an insight into into Sven and his his ways with the ladies well he did have a way with the ladies
1: didn't he did he I, well, <laughs> apparently so, so uh, everything i read which i still find very strange but he must have a charm there, was, about I, him. there I, must I, be something about him in person remember
0: when it, when the story came out about him going out with Ulrika johnson that i think there was a press conference the next day uh england were launching perhaps the suits
3: so Soho square this is Soho Square square we were all was
0: stood outside Burton for hours suits for burtons or was it for his launch of his classical CD collection I can't remember one or the other and there's a lot of people there considering Sven is either launching a suit range or a classical CD collection <laughs> and we're only interested in one question Sven Rick and Johnson, Johnson <laughs> hey, come on you've got to be kidding and he, he, he had this mantra private life is private And it was Neil. What Neil was referring to before was what we did here. There was, we tried fifty different ways to get Sven to talk about Mm. his um, relationship with Ulrika Johnson. You could not get him to crack at all, and he either knowingly or, or, or playing playing it a bit thick genuinely seemed not to understand why we wanted to know about this.
2: It's all about Sven and Nancy.
0: Nancy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't think Nancy was best pleased.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, one of my most bizarre moments, actually, was at the World Cup. But So, Barden, yeah, Barden, Barden. And we, myself and Charlie Sale, who, believe it or not, Charlie Sale was at the mail at the time, and uh, we'd go to the gym, and then afterwards we'd go and s- sit around by the pool uh, for sort of half an hour. And we, we witnessed... Um, We witnessed Nancy arrive in a uh, sort of white towelling robe, dressing dressing gowns, she'd just been pampered, whatever. Mm. Treatment, she'd just, or spa, she'd just returned from. She sat down um, on uh, the sun lounger and she started writing us a note, a a letter, a letter. Um, And she had uh, one rose. She put the note in an envelope. We didn't know what was on the envelope at the time, but she she wrote the note, put it in an envelope, left the flower on the sunbed... Walked off, and Charlie and I thought, "What's what is going, what going on? Is going on? Yeah. What is going?" On? So, is being journalist, we, we we better go and have a look over there, see, see. <laughs> see what was on the envelope. Nancy with a kiss, underlined with a with a kiss. She'd written a letter to herself, left a rose on the sunbed from an admirer. When she came back <laughs> ten minutes later, she opened the envelope <laughs> and Brilliant. read the note, aghast, as in. Oh my yeah. word! Someone has someone <laughs> clearly has fallen in love with me in this hotel and written this beautiful love. My only... jaw has quite literally dropped. No one can see this. Yeah, true story. The only thing I can think of is because do you remember where that? Do you remember where the swimming pool and those yeah. chairs were in, in that hotel? There was a there was a river separated us effectively from the paparazzi. Right, and I can only think, and I've never had I've never checked. But whether, the, whether she'd written this note to herself and then came back for the, purely for the benefit of the paparazzi who were on the other side of the river so that when she returned, they'd be able to see her opening this note which she'd written to herself with this red rose oh that left, she'd left on the side. Oh, my goodness. You, but you can't even begin to understand no, what goes through your mind through that. I but really can Charlie
1: and I witnessed that. And amongst uh, the, there was the a, a
2: right. huge fight between a lot of the, the wags who were there to be the story that day.
1: One thing I wanted to ask, actually, kind of um, rewinding from this, but when you were talking about Harry Kane not, not passing to Raheem and that being you know, a sort of iconic moment. Before we wrap up, I just want to ask about Eric Dyer and the penalty shootout against Columbia. Would you consider that to be iconic yet? Yes. I would. Oh, yeah. Um, presuming if that you
0: you're, Only if you're an England football fan. No, course, nobody else in the world would yeah. consider it iconic. I think for us it's iconic just because we won a penalty shootout. And, uh, and Gareth uh, and was the manager. Gareth was the manager. Yeah, Gareth was the manager. And even my... My wife was captivated by the fact we'd won a penalty shootout. Mm. I think so many people were. Well, it broke a taboo. It means that in future we won't think we've never won a penalty shootout. For that reason, it's iconic. In football terms, it's not really iconic, is it? Mm. I mean,
1: exactly, exactly. You, you know,
0: but,
3: but for well, us, why it's as it's a so nation, why it's so important is because when you're at the, well, when you're at the tournament, when you're when you're in it, when you're involved in it. You're not ready for England to go home. No. Yet. That's the that, thing. It really hits you, doesn't World it? The World Cup in 2014, uh, you know, I, I, I used to have this <laughs> stat on recall, and I, I don't know what it is exactly, but we were out of that tournament before something like 18 teams had played their second group game. We were mm. already out. 18 countries. We were still to we to take, take the malaria tablets, the... tablets from the first yeah, game when yeah, we were out. We were,
0: yeah. And we were in it We were in it when we got on a plane we were to running. go to the Costa Rica right. game and we were out yeah. by the time we landed right. because Italy had lost to
2: Costa Rica, hadn't they? Uh,
3: everyone's phones switched on when uh, on, on, we landed. I'd Come been on. there
2: for, I wasn't there for 1990, but I'd been involved writing match reports for all of the other penalty shootouts up to that point. And I wasn't much. a matchup, I was just there in the stadium. And that includes the one that no-one remembers we lost in Casablanca in 1998 against Belgium in the King Hassan II Cup. We couldn't even win a, a penalty shoot that didn't matter. We were so useless. <laughs> so, and I, so, I, you yeah, know, the two the at Wembley in 96 and, and St Etienne and then in Lisbon and then in Gelsenkirchen. Uh, and it seemed like, you know, your life was permanent. And then again in, in Kiev in 2000. Mm-hmm twelve your life was defined by England losing penalty shootouts. Yeah well we wouldn't it's want in ninety six. Remember where you next were moments. And it was that so to actually be in the stadium <laughs> when England won when a penalty, penalty shootout was, was, yeah. was a truly amazing experience. Yeah. Because I just assumed no normal service would resume, <laughs> that <laughs>
0: so we'd lose we again. Did. But as iconic moments go, it's a bit pathetic, isn't it, really yeah. winning a second round that's penalty shoot. was great but to do it, but it's not really I think in the, you don't get a trophy the, the for comfy, it.
1: You don't Iconic moments, no, it wouldn't be there, but no. I think as a nation it was, yeah, it was yeah, quite fantastic.
3: Probably. It However, was cool. Um, my mum was texting me saying, you know, what, what's it like? She doesn't yeah. watch, she's got no interest in watching yeah, yeah, a football match, nice. but it's on, it's on, it's the World so it cup. So when you when you get texts, like that messages from people who you're close to um, for obvious reasons, but they're watching a game that they know you're at yeah. and they're getting caught up in something that they don't really have any... Um, real intimate knowledge of what's mm. really happening and the mood around the team and are they likely are they any, are there England actually mm. any good? But when people are getting caught up in it and the emotion of it, and you get a, that sense of that sense of well-being back home, which is mm. the one thing I missed about the World exactly. Cup. So Euro ninety-six, you realise it matters outside Euro that nine, World Cup. Uh, 90 and Euro 96 lived live those moments at home so I know what it's like to be in the country and to get caught up in it and to race home from work or college, whatever, whatever I was doing at the time, to make sure I got back to be able to watch those games or be in time uh, or be get the best seat in the pub or whatever we were doing at that particular time. And at 2018 World Cup in Russia, as much as I loved being there, the one thing I missed more than anything was not being able to feel it back home you are isolated there's no Mm. doubt about it you get caught up and you want to see Mm, the team win you're in a bubble aren't you but you're isolated yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, interesting so many iconic moments and weirdly out of all the things I've heard the thing that still shocked me most is Nancy (laughs) D'Orly and her uh, little love note to herself (sighs) OK, gents, it's been fabulous to talk to all three of you. That's about all we've got time for in this episode of Swedes 2, Turnips 1. My thanks to Sean, Martin and Neil. I look forward to having you join us again soon. Remember to subscribe and review the pod at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. That's it from us. We'll see you next time.